Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com. I'm Kristen Guile. On this podcast, we talk to high achievers about their goals. And in our fifth season, we're doing that, but with a twist. This year, we're inviting listeners just like you to get your questions answered in a segment that we're calling Goals to Go. We asked listeners to tell us where they were stuck in their goals, and we've done a little bit of matchmaking with our guests. So on today's episode, we are talking to Claire Bow. She is the general manager of Brooklyn Boulders here in Chicago, and she's also a Lululemon ambassador and a rock climbing, I don't know if she would call herself an expert, but she's an expert to the to the A Sweat Life crew. So first, we're going to talk about some of the big goals she's set and achieved before and some of the goals she is going after in the future. And then we're going to bring on our guest. Uh, Hester Lamb is on the show to get real answers to a real question that she is working through as she pursues a goal, specifically climbing her first 510. So Claire, thank you so much for being here. I uh, told our audience a little bit about you, but we'd love to hear it in your own words. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got to Chicago, how you found yourself rock climbing, and what your life looks like right now. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, so I'm Claire. I've been climbing for about a decade. Ironically, I'm from upstate New York, but discovered climbing when I was at University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign, which is very, very flat. Um, But yeah, so this past year has really been ramping up to prep our new 40,000 square foot facility in Lincoln Park. We did not plan on opening during the pandemic, but we're open to members and guests as of September. So there's been a lot of pivots and it's been just a huge collaborative effort for my team to just stay adaptable. A uh, huge shout out to them. Um, as a Lululemon ambassador, there's been a shift in not being able to gather in person, but there's, they've done a really great job at keeping us connected virtually. And then on the personal side, my dogs, Bowie and Bella, are having the best year of their lives. I was uh, talking to my therapist the other day, and she was like, well, now that we you know, have the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of a pandemic, knock on wood, um, can you think of any silver linings from this year? And I was like, I got a dog about a year ago today. And I was like, I never would have been able to spend this much time with her or um, give her (laughs) as much attention as she got during this year. So I'm guessing your dogs can relate to that. Oh yeah. I think they're going to be therapy when we're, when we're both at work full time. I know. 
Because you, uh, as a general manager, it's not exactly working remote for you for the rest of time. No, and I've been going in since July, but my partner, Emma, is actually a therapist, and she's been working sessions at home, so they've just gotten used to someone being around all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're going to ask for pictures of your dogs in our follow-up questions uh, to post on the website, but in the meantime, uh, we'll introduce you to the podcast the way that we introduce everybody, and that is by telling us about a big goal that you've had in the past, why it was important to you, and how you got there. Keeping it to the theme of climbing, I grew up very unathletic. I was student council president and in marching bands with four years in high school, if that gives you an indication. So finding climbing was not something that I was a natural at by far. You know, my first 5'8 was outdoors at Jackson Falls. I was terrified. I'm actually afraid of heights. So that was my big goal with climbing was conquering my fear of heights and getting comfortable on a rope, you know, 80 feet, 100 feet off the ground. It was really helpful to have mentors in the climbing community. And then it became a big goal of mine to to share that. And before we get too far, this might be a good time to sort of give our listeners, if they're not familiar with rock climbing, first what the difference is between climbing and bouldering and maybe a quick summary of the different grades. So like how difficult a 5'8 is compared to a 5'10. I won't. Okay. So I won't go too far into it, but basically there's a few different modalities of climbing. Bouldering generally requires more power. You're on a shorter rock. There's no ropes or harnesses involved. And then we're mostly talking about what's called sport climbing in which you are protecting yourself as a climber by clipping quick draws into anchors that are bolted into the rock and then clipping your ropes through that. Then of course you have your belayer on the ground that's managing the rope for you. So the grades we use in the U.S. are based on the Yosemite decimal system and the five It always starts with a five, and that just essentially means vertical climbing. You want to have protection or gear with you, and it ranges from five five to five fifteen. Grades tend to be subjective based on where you're climbing and who was like the ascensionist or the first person that put up the route. Um, But in general, you know, we consider newer, or I guess we consider beginner-ish grades um, to be anywhere from a 5.5 five to a 5.8 and then intermediate and so on. Nice. Um, and I bet Brooklyn Boulder's website has a lot of good info on this too. So I'll link to that as well in the show, show notes. And that way people can do a little bit of extra reading. Um, you mentioned that it really helped you to have like a mentor and to have a community when you were working towards this first goal of like conquering your fear of heights and getting on that rock. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about like anyone who is particularly instrumental in helping you get over that hump. Um, or in general, I think rock climbing, one of the things that I know about it is that it is a really tight knit community. Like Brooklyn Boulders is a place where people just go to hang out and to have a good time and to climb with their friends. So could you tell us a little bit more about the community aspect of rock climbing? Yeah, for me, it was the climbing club at U of I. There were, you know, the upperclassmen that would take their time and show us the ropes. In At Brooklyn Boulders, I think something that has really 
made me fall in love with the community is just the motivation, right? Just like cheering on your friends, finding new people to climb with. Even just watching climbers that are better than you, you can learn so much about movement and technique. So I do feel like while it is an individual sport, it is a very social individual sport. Yeah. I, I used to go to y'all's um, ladies night and it was just so much fun, like to see the different people who would come in and, um, you know, have different samples of snacks and beverages and a DJ. And it's, it is a really fun thing that I'm looking forward to getting back to, especially now that uh, Lincoln Park is going to be open. Uh, can you tell me, is it open all the way right now? Yeah. So we opened in September and we're open, open right now. Yeah. So it's been kind of a crazy change with all of the, tier mitigations and capacities and things like that but we are operating at 40 percent capacity now we're bringing back yoga group fitness classes since we were just cleared to do that last week so i'm excited and honestly when i think about it i haven't really been in a gym since the pandemic started just because of the mass restrictions and it's uncomfortable to work out in a mask but rock climbing is a lot more manageable so um i'm hoping that people are coming to you guys and checking out the facilities and everything that you guys have to offer and let is let's pivot a little bit right now to the future. So Claire, can you tell us a little bit about a big goal that you have for the future and why it's important to you and what you are working on right now to achieve it? Yeah. So I came onto this new position. I've been with the West Loop since 2014. I started working the front desk and then it became evident that there was a real opportunity for me to turn this into a career. And I think my goal for the future is just continuing to grow the climbing community, uh, continuing to grow as a leader. I'm a big believer in continuous feedback loops, relationship building with the team, prioritizing the member and guest experience is really important to me and just making the perception of what can be an intimidating sport feel really welcoming, especially through my own experience. And uh, I think the next big goal now that we're open and fingers crossed that you know cases are stabilizing that we're increasing the access to the sport through partnerships with nonprofits especially with youth so some things we have in the works are handing out scholarships for competitive youth team bk beast and fighting skill memberships just to make our facilities more accessible to everyone regardless of you know not having income be a gatekeeper right um and then also just this year's taught me prioritizing mental and emotional health is just as important as the physical health climbing for me is both so the goal is just to keep staying present yeah um if your partner's a therapist i'm sure you're getting a lot of mental health talk at home uh, whether or not you want it um you mentioned that rock climbing can be an intimidating sport to start. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't really know the glossary that you mentioned of, you know, what the different terms mean. They don't know what equipment they need. Uh, and a lot of people are, like you mentioned, scared of heights. So do you have any advice to someone who's maybe curious about rock climbing, but doesn't quite know where to begin? I honestly think the first step is grabbing a friend and just coming in. I think people have a perception that you need to, you know, have upper body strength or be able to do a pull-up or, you know, these misnomers that just 
don't aren't really a barrier. You know, there's a lot of different terrain and different types of climbing. I think, especially in Chicago, people are less familiar with the sport in general um, because we don't have a lot of mountains around here. So I would say, you know, just come in and try it if you're curious at all about it and be patient with yourself, you know, go at your own speed. There's no one pressuring you to, to do anything that you feel uncomfortable doing. Yeah. Um, I took my first, is, is it the learn the ropes class that you guys put on at BKB? Yeah. I went to that. Mm -hmm. I went to that with, um, my friend, Julie, gosh, probably like five years ago. It was a long time. Um, and it just makes it so much more fun to like have a buddy, have an ally there. And the other thing, once you get to the facility, no one really cares what you're doing in the best way. You know, like no one, you shouldn't feel self-conscious at all because everyone is focused on their routes, what they're doing. Um, and they may like sneak peeks at you from time to time, but no, definitely no one is looking at you and judging like that girl really should have, you know, used her right leg to move up instead of trying to pull herself up like she's doing a pull-up. So just want to vouch and echo everything that you said right there. Yeah, no one's judging you. If anything, people want to help you. And yeah, if you feel more comfortable in a class setting, you know, we do have an intro to climbing class that kind of helps guide people through really basic technique and things like that. But honestly, just walking in will be something to do for everyone. Yeah. And your staff is so friendly too. So I just, I have a lot of good things to say about you. Um, we, we better switch directions before this just becomes me like gushing about Brooklyn boulders. So we are going to switch over to our goals to go segment. Before we kick it over to Hester to ask a question about climbing her first 510, Claire, will you tell us a little bit about how important your mindset is when it comes to climbing new challenging routes? Yeah, it's really important. I think for me, it's less about being able to eliminate fear or fix your mindset. Uh, understanding risk when climbing shouldn't be understated. It is an inherently risky sport, but I would encourage to go through the process from, I can't do this, I'm scared, to I feel confident on this route. So that progress is going to be from building that confidence. Awesome. All right, so I am going to bring on Hester. Uh, Hester, we are so excited to welcome you to We Got Goals. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your goal in your own words and uh, what you've done so far to reach it? Hi, Kristen. Hi, Claire. Uh, nice to talk to you today. Um, I think for me, I have been climbing for about three years. Um, so I started climbing when I was living in Los Angeles. And now that I live in Dallas, which just like um, Chicago is pretty flat and not very mountainous. Um, I've had a goal of climbing an outdoor 510 for about, I don't know, since I started probably. It, I, I think there's just something about having um, two decimal points that <laughs> this sounds exciting, which is not, there's no good reason for it, just kind of internal goal. So I'm hoping to be able to get to that point at some point, um, probably when the pandemic is a little bit more over. Um, and it feels a little more safe to get outside, but, um, yeah, so I guess that's my goal for now. And then Hester, you had a specific question that you wanted help with. So I'm going to hand that off to you and Claire to chat. I'm going to shut up and let you guys talk. Sounds good. Thanks, Kristen. Um, 
Yeah. So I think where I am struggling the most is with mindset. Um, like I know I have the physical skills of climbing, um, probably higher than where I currently am. Feel pretty comfortable with five eights and five nines. And I know it's subjective, but there's something about seeing things in the guidebook that are five eight, five nine, five seven that just look easier and more attainable than a five ten, even though I realistically know that there are five nines that I found very easy and five sevens that I found very hard. Um, and it just depends on the route. But there's something about having that five ten um, that my mindset is just not at. So wanting some tips and suggestions from you as a very accomplished climber and um, just a hero and goal. Yeah, so I would say I'm an average to above average climber, but I have been doing it for a really long time. So I think without knowing too much about how much you're climbing or, or kind of how you've been, you know, training in, in the gym setting, I think building confidence in endurance is going to be really important. So fear tends to kick in when you feel pumped or tired on a route, right? And then you start to second guess your next move. So when you're already on a 510 and you know it's your challenge, you know it's your goal, as soon as you feel tired, you're kind of like, maybe I won't make it to my next clip or, you know, maybe I should just take right here and, and shake out. Um, so something you can do is to build that confidence is and build your endurance is limit climbing. So an exercise in the gym is, you know, pick a five ten that you've climbed before and just do it twice, do it three times in a row, uh, run laps on it. It'll start to build your confidence when you realize, okay, I can fight through the pump. I can, you know, I feel confident even though my forearm is tired that I can do the next set of moves that I can get to my next clip that I can get to the anchors, right? It's even more beneficial if you're climbing to failure. So just doing it until you fall on your own. And that way you're practicing falling and you're going to get more comfortable doing that on terrain that you're comfortable with instead of outside. Um, and then the only other thing I would say is just recognizing failure is part of the process, you know, failing is very common in climbing and you can you can learn from it I think picking a route that you feel that's like your style right is is going to help and then just getting to know it knowing okay you know this is a really good hold so I'm going to shake out and, and take a rest here uh figuring out you know okay well if I clip this way I'm using this you know foothold or just making tweaks and, and knowing the route instead of going in and having having a plan sequencing as you know I think sometimes with um the increased use of mountain project I think there's a lot of focus on on fighting and red pointing things and I think part of my fear of failure comes from not being able to on-site something, which is silly, um, I, I recognize. But I think there's like so much accomplishment based from seeing other things on Mountain Project that sometimes I forget that I climb for fun. Yeah, I, you know, and that's that's part of it. You know, everyone kind of wants to look at that route and, and read the description and be like, oh, okay, you know, like this route has a lot of crimps on it. Like that'll that'll be my, you know, I'm going to shine and I'm going to on-site it. But 
yeah, climbing should be fun. And there are ways, you know, if you're, you're training and understanding, you know, understanding when you're getting afraid, understanding like when you start to second guess yourself and then working through that and trying to, to identify, like, is it, you know, when I'm feeling calm, is it just when I'm at a certain height or, you know, just and trying to figure out ways to replicate that in the gym. Yeah, for sure. I think it's normally like a foot right before the clip that I start second guessing myself the most. Yeah. And I think that's totally natural, right? And there's like times, especially when you're pumped where you're like, okay, like, you know, you start thinking about the falling instead of your next move. So you're like, okay, if I fall here, you know, my last clip is like way below me and you're looking down and you're like, I don't want to do that. So you can totally relatable. I think, you know, most people feel that way. And yeah, I would say just, you know, being able to feel more confident that you're going to do the next move, trying to focus on looking up and being like, okay, these are my next holds. These are the next three moves. Like, it's just like breaking it down to be like, okay, it's just three more moves to the bolt instead of being like, it's, 20 more moves to the anchors, right? Like I just have to do three more moves. I'm going to clip, I'll breathe, and then I'll keep going. Yeah, for sure. I think back to mindset, I think it's really interesting that you talk about focusing on the next moves rather than the fall. Uh, because I think when I climb, I very frequently think about how big the fall is going to be versus, oh, I can totally reach that. Or that's very attainable. It's definitely something I can do physically. Um, but I think I focus so much of my mind on the what ifs and the downsides, but I don't really focus on the positive. So that's definitely something I'll have to work on. Yeah, I think, you know, again, that's natural. It's just about understanding and assessing. A lot of climbing is assessing risk, right? And then there's like perceived risk and then there's actual risk, right? So sometimes it helps to be like, okay, am I actually at risk? You know, sometimes like at the start of a climb before you're at your second clip, like, yes, like there is a greater risk associated, but a lot of times what we're perceiving as risk, you know, might feel scary, but we're not actually in danger. Right. So, and I think it can take away, um, from just enjoying the climb sometimes too, if you're, you know, thinking about how you're going to fail instead of thinking about how you're going to succeed. And, and that confidence can be a huge difference maker, I think. Awesome. Um, so much of that was relatable even outside of the climbing community, just in terms of like reaching for a big goal and at some point getting afraid of failure instead of thinking about how close you are to success. And I think even the non-climbers uh, in our listener pod will be able to find something to relate to in there. Um, Claire, I'm curious because this is something I've been reading about lately. Do you ever visualize yourself tackling a big route before you are about to do it? Does that incorporate into any of your like planning or um, I don't actually know what on-siting means, but I'm going to try and use it. Does that, do you do that when you're on-siting? So uh, on-siting is where you haven't seen anyone climb the route and you haven't touched it yourself and you complete it without falling or taking, which is like taking a, a break, sort of. So an on-site, it, yeah, is more is more coveted, right? It's like I 
just walked right up to it and I did it and you know, whatever. So, um, and then there's other variations. So, you know, you can sending a route or completing a route is like, maybe you've done it before. Maybe your partner went up first. So you knew, you know, coping stances or holds or whatever. Um, visualization so yeah visualization so yeah sequencing is huge I think that's kind of what we call it um you know I guess not so much as like um on the ground like picturing myself at the anchors although I'm sure that's helpful but it's more so like looking and figuring out a plan right like okay um this is the terrain this is the move like if it's overhung or like you know the the degree, the angle of the wall is steeper, right? Figuring, being like, okay, like this is my plan to get through this section. I'm gonna, you know, have um, this, that above this clip looks like there could be a really good rest there. So I'll try to shake up, shake out or chalk up there and then, you know, keep going. So yeah, that's a huge, I think visualizing and sequencing and having a plan is, is really key. Well, before we uh, go, we have a little bit of end matter where, Claire, we got some questions from listeners to ask you, and I forgot to send them to you in full transparency, so she is answering these off the cuff <laughs> in the moment. Um, so first up, how do you transition from indoor to outdoor climbing? Really great question. I would say find mentors, find people at the gym or that work at the gym or, you know, climbing Facebook groups, whatever, find mentors that can, it is really different, right? So find people that can help guide you in that transition. I know a lot of different climbing gyms also have classes where you can pick up skills that you need to learn like lead blaying or you know cleaning a route things like that that's also really helpful um the american alpine club i believe has like meetups and different mountaineering groups have resources so i would i would look into that but i would discourage people that have only planned indoors just to go out on their own um for the first time safety first um, if you are new to rock climbing or if maybe you've been doing it for a while, but you're ready to take it to the next level, what sort of investment should you expect to make in terms of gear or any other supplemental things? Uh, it depends what kind of climbing you want to do, right? If you're bouldering, you know, maybe getting a more aggressive pair of climbing shoes, but downturn more. I think your, you know, startup kit for sport climbing is investing in a rope, investing in some quick draws, you know, your harness, your shoes, your belay device will, will give you access to honestly, you know, anything sport climbing related. Um, in terms of, you know, taking it up a notch, I think just having goals, like understanding what you want to do, like, do you just want to open up access and travel to beautiful places, you know, and, and, and climb or, you know, do you really have like a set goal of you know a grade or or a destination or something so I think it depends all right and the last one uh for runners there are marathons or if you're really crazy ultra marathons what is a big crazy goal for climbers that is fun to dream about 
Oh, so many. I think for a lot of rope or trad climbers, it's it's Yosemite. I think it's it's like half dome just being somewhere that magnificent and, and doing something um I think is, is kind of a a marathon marathon goal. And then there's crazy people that do like mountaineering too and like K two and all that stuff and that I just can't even wrap my head around. Um definitely is very enticing to some, but I hate being cold. So I can't imagine ever doing that. Yeah, this is about our limit in terms of cold, I would say. Uh, Hester, I want to give you a chance to add anything on to that last one. Is there any big, crazy, magnificent goal that you would love to do in your wildest dreams? Um, So actually, the North Texas American Alpine Club recently took a trip to the Grand Tetons and did a traverse across um, that. That's one of my big goals, just because I love the Grand Tetons. I think it's beautiful. Um, and then I'm eventually moving to San Francisco and hoping that one day I'll get to climb at Yosemite. So maybe not the nose, um, and definitely with a rope, I have no desire to Alex huddle it. Um, but yeah, I, it's just so, there's just so many beautiful national parks and I just like to climb and get to see all of them from above. I love it. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, Before I get into our closing spiel, Hester and Claire, where can we find you on the internet? Is there anything that you want to shamelessly self-promote that you or anyone in Brooklyn Boulder's community is working on? And Hester, I'll start with you. Um, Yeah, my Instagram is Hester in the wild. Um, Not super lot of wild going on right now in the midst of the pandemic, but you can find me climbing and hiking occasionally. We'll cheer you on from the other side of the internet. Claire, how about you? Yeah, so my Instagram is claire.bow. You can also, I would love to shamelessly plug Brooklyn Boulders, BKB Lincoln Park. We also have a Westwood location and locations in New York and Boston. Um, and uh, I'll also shout out Lululemon, Lululemon Shy and, and the local store in Fulton Market. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on the show today. And this was another episode of We Got Goals on a sweatlife.com production, which is another thing that is better with friends. Thanks to Claire for being here. Thanks to Hester for the fantastic question. Thanks to Ryan Deppert for editing audio and Ryan Barayuga for creating the video version of the podcast. Hi, Ryan. And thanks to you, dear listener, for being a part of our community. We will see you guys next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.